When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Enjoying that tune today. Um, don't know why I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling really good today. Um, looking forward to sharing the airwaves with you fine folk out there listening in on our nationwide frequencies or on the SENZ app. That's where you can listen to us, plug us into your car, and away you go. You're laughing. We've got so much good sport coming up. Every game of the FIFA World Cup is coming up either via the frequencies and if they're not there they will definitely be on our app every single game you can wrap your laughing gear around that it's going to be a fantastic global event the biggest global event in the world the FIFA World Cup pick a team and follow them it's going to be cool Um, today today uh, remember I'm here till three and then Sammy and Kempi will bring you running it straight. A big old show today. You should have done two hours today, Sam, with the big World Cup final coming up. I mean, Samoa and the Kangaroos and the Kiwi Ferns and the Jillaroos. Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Australia. Two fantastic finals this weekend. Coming up on the show today, <clears throat> we got Midday Madness. I'm going to tell you what it is now. I usually say it. I'm going to tell you what it is now so you can start thinking, okay? So I want you to call 0800 150 uh, the Black Caps have just been picked. A few controversial selections, I guess, uh, namely Martin Guptill not in the wider squad at all. We'll talk about that later on in the show with Colin Munro, former Black Caps batsman who's become a travelling, wonderful white ball cricketer. Um, going off to the Big Bash soon. But we'll have a look at the upcoming T20 series, the exclusion of Guppy as well and the Big Bash and why he does so well and why he loves it. Going to talk to uh, Stephanie Hightower. She's a former US 100 metre hurdle champion and human rights activist. She's another participant. We've had a few on and it's so 
awesome to catch up with these women. She's here at the New Zealand, uh, the IWG Women in Sport Conference. We'll talk to her about uh, her involvement, uh, her history and what she sees in the future. And also going to catch up with um, the owner of a company called The Brothers Authentic. They are a company that sell menswear, but they don't mar- donate money from every single transaction. And it's not net or, or any of this. 10% of the top of the line sale goes straight to men's health, which I think is a fantastic thing. So we're going to talk to Scott. He's the owner of The Brothers Authentic about why they did it, what their story is, and how they do it. Uh, because we are entrenched in Movember at the moment, which is raising money through all sorts of uh, different activities, different events, and it's very cool that the breakfast and the run home have a daily challenge. Some say it might be stitched up to make it easier for the breakfast team because Kempy's choosing the challenges and he's making the run home work hard for it. But that's cool how those two uh, two shows are going head to head in in competition. But it's all about wellness, and uh, I embrace that. So um, yeah, the brothers authentic. We'll have a chat to them after the twelve. 30 news. Uh, being a Wednesday, uh, it's Chase Day as well. Um, I think I'm going to start a losing streak. I lost last week. I was actually okay with it because every Wednesday I was just packing myself. That is just the day that I lose. But um, it's all all good fun. So the chase will be on today. Uh, we'll find out uh, what's making news around the world as we do with Sammy. And uh, we'll have a TAB odds update from Puli Mawati as well. Sammy by himself, which is... It's a huge shift for Sammy Hewitt. Um, just in the hot box by himself. Kez is a bit crook today. And Sam's got to do the show. Then he's got a host running a straight show. But So we're a, we're a two-man gang today. Um, but we will get through. We will get through. So, Midday Madness. I want your top five. We're just going to do batting order, okay? So your top five T20 New Zealand batting lineup. So not bowlers, not all-rounders, just pure batters. Pure batters. Uh, for the Black Caps, if we could chuck together at the peak of their powers, the peak of their powers, our top five batters. And when we went to news, as Ricardo left, I, I told him what our midday madness is. And he goes, you know who I'd have? You know what I'd have? And he said, he didn't play T20 because it wasn't round. Mark Greatbatch was his one. He said, he'd be in my top five. He was playing T20 when it was still 50 overs. So put your thinking caps on, but call us on 0800-150-811. I've got three of mine, and then I've got about five other names. I'm not sure who the other two is, but I want them in order. I want your two openers, your number three, four, five. All-time New Zealand batting lineup: one, two, three, four, five for T20. Even if they hadn't played T20, like Mark Greatpatch, like, I guess, Martin Crowe, like Glenn Turner, I don't know. Who is your top five all time? 0800 150 Love to hear from you. Let's go. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yeah! 0800 150 Give us a hand. And I think by the end of the half hour, anyway, we will have um, somewhat of a consensus a consensus of opinion because I'm really interested to see if you're going to chuck Glenn Phillips in there. I mean, he's very new on the block, but have you seen enough from him? He was the only New Zealander to make the tournament team from the T20 World Cup. So given that, I guess, in the T20 World Cup, they pick four or five batters, um, 
I actually didn't see the team, but there'd be four bowlers, a keeper, maybe an all-rounder and four or five batters. So at the World Cup, he, by independent judges, he was voted as one of the best four batsmen in the world in T20. Is that good enough for him to get into our Kiwis' top T20 batting lineup of all time? The one I'm going to write in, and um, I think most people will write him in, will be Brendan McCullum as opener. Um, he's he's in he's into open for me. The other opener, um, I've penciled one in, but I want to hear from you. Who should be the other opener there? Um, there's other players. There's there's a range of players as I mentioned, like Mark Greatpatch, like Glenn Turner. Do we go that far back? Martin Crow. Um, he'd be my four probably. Um, Devin Conway, like of the recent bunch, Glenn Phillips, Devin Conway, Martin Guptill. All time though. I want your all-timers on 0800-150-11. And um, I do, uh, we do need your calls because half half the country's listening to the Rural Roundup at the moment. So the half that are listening to us now, your calls are important because we've got half the audience is normal. So um, your calls are important. Um, when we decided just to go five, just on the basis of what's come out of the IPL at the moment with Kane Williamson being released, um, eight years at the team, and uh, he was the skipper last year as well. Uh, he was he had been one of the three players retained by the franchise ahead of this year's auction, but they have now released him on the back of the World Cup. There's been a lot of releasing, actually. I think his team actually released something like 12 players from their squad. Uh, let's just have a little look. And by releasing him, obviously, they will um, free up a a large chunk of money for that team. Yes, yeah, so they cut ties with 12 players. Um, and the other one they've cut was their most expensive player from last year, Nicholas Poran, um, 2.2 million. He was the most expensive West Indian ever bought at an auction. Um, and just in summary, four other Kiwis have been cut. They are Daryl Mitchell, Jimmy Neesham, Tim Seifert and Adam Milne. Lockie Ferguson has been traded, so he's gone from uh, the Gujarat Titans to the Kolkata Knight Riders, KKR, which I think is Brendan McCullum's coach team. Um, and the ones that have been retained, obviously the ones that are in form at the T20 World Cup, were Devin Conway, Mitch Santner, Finn Allen, Glenn Phillips, Tim Southey and Trent Bolt. They've all been kept. So that's, I think, a little bit of a looking glass into what independence see as our form T20 players and our out-of-form T20 players. They're not prepared to pay them the big cash uh, to hold on to out-of-form players. Anyway, we'll go to the lines. 0800-150-811, first caller, life member Zaid. G'day, Zaid. Who's your top five? Have I got you there, Zaid? Hello? I have now. Um, is it top five New Zealanders or just top five in general T20 players? New Zealand. New Zealand batters. Okay, New Zealand batters. Yep. Well, you've, you've, got, you've got to go with Baz, obviously, Brendan McCollum. You don't get a better T20 player than McCollum. Um, that's why I actually love the um, big bash in T20 cricket. So um, I'm actually stoked you've got um, Colin Munro today because I actually am a Brisbane Heat fan. Been to games before the Gabba. It's a great stadium, so I'm looking forward to see... Um, how Colin Munro does this year in the Big Bash. Mm. He's obviously moving over from the Perth squad. Just um, maybe a question from what's his uh, 
Dylan's um, moving to Perth to Brisbane. And, um, what what, what he, um, just um, yeah, well, how he feels the season's going to go for the Heat. So um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to the stuff now. Um, you have definitely got to have Martin Gustafson in there. Um, you've got to have I reckon Colin Munro. When he was consistent for the Black Caps, he was a great player. Um, probably Devin Conway right now, and then probably Glenn Phillips. Jeez, you nearly got the same five as me, mate. Nice work. But he was not that I don't have another one, but Colin pretty well. No, phone's crapped out. Sorry, Zate. Um, but his one is Bears. Uh, Guptal, I would say, will open with Bears for Zade, Colin Munro, Devin Conway, Glenn Phillips. That's his five. Um, sorry, Zade, you're probably back listening now. Your phone was uh, just a bit bit too crackly for us. Uh, we go to Christchurch, talk to Mikey. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Staffy. Mine's a little bit um, fantasy and also those who have a play, but I, I think if those had... The 2020 had been massive around the time <clears throat> they were there. I think they'd be pretty good. Anywho, uh, I'd have uh, Martin Guptill, definitely, with Brendan McCullough opening. Um, slight controversial, but I think if he stuck with it and his brain was right, Jesse Ryder. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Astle. Oh, yes. Um, I've seen him hit a golf ball. That guy, <laughs> is he can hit a monster ball. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I can't, these last two, I sort of, it was a bit of a coin toss, um, but I would choose Chris Kens. Man, that guy was a clean hitter. He oh. was such a clean hitter. And um, special mention to Craig McMillan. But uh, yeah, Chris Kens, I think, I'd, over, over Craig. When, when you said you've seen Nathan Astle hit a golf ball, I've played a bit of golf with Craig McMillan. He could hit a five iron as far as I could hit my driver. He's the cleanest yeah. iron hitter I've ever seen, Macca. Those cricketers have just pure timing. When I was in the, uh, I guess, the corporate world, he was a ringing for a thing, um, came in for, for, for somebody, and uh, he just, <laughs> he couldn't really part. No. <laughs> he, could, he, could, <laughs> he could absolutely smash it. Um, hey, just very quickly, just saw, uh, I was in the car park, saw uh, Kendra Coxedge in the car park, said, oh, well done, congratulations, and just a lovely smile, and she's back to work hard out and um, getting on with it. Yeah, awesome person. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. eh? Just brilliant. Yeah, good All stuff. Right. Thanks. Good. Cheers, Mikey. There is Mikey. So we've got a couple of teams actually. Jesse Ryder, gosh, what a talent! What a talent! And um, embarrassingly, I, you know, there's Nathan Astle and Chris Keynes and Craig McMillan. Craig McMillan is was sort of on my radar as well. Um, whew, there's some good players that have played in the past. And your Martin Crow's in mine. He was just. He was my favourite cricketer in my younger days. I just the most majestic stroker of the ball. Like if you hit it along the ground, you can't be caught. He was just the four machine. He could hit sixes, but that cover drive, one knee, follow through, just watch the ball all the way to the boundary, didn't have to run. Just magnificent. Gosh, I'm a smart and crow. Anyway, 0800-150-811, the top five T20 batters that New Zealand have produced, and they can be your batting lineup If they're playing for your life, who is your top five? 0800-150-811, love to hear your thoughts. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 
Welcome back in. Let's find out your top five batters for New Zealand all time for T20. We go to Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. G'day, Steph. How are you? Good, Gary. Hopefully, I'll make a bit more sense than when I rung you up last week. I'm blaming the COVID. But I hung up and I thought, I don't think I made sense at all. So I thought, oh, I'm not ringing up again, not until I'm right. <laughs> That's all right. But okay, people I'm blaming the COVID. I talked a lot of nonsense as well. So I've actually got a good translator in my brain if someone does that to me. So I understood you perfectly. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> hey, um, my one, I'd go, yeah, definitely McCullum and Guptill. They've got to be the openers. And then, um, and once again, I'm Jesse Ryder as well, but then I throw in Corey Anderson with him. Oh, so I remember yeah. back to that, that innings that they had down in Queenstown where those two just went nuts. Mm. Yeah. Fair. And then I throw in Glenn Phillips as well because I think he, it's just hard to go by him. He, he's, he's a bit of a special little fella, isn't he? Oh, he's tremendous. That Queenstown game, I don't know if I've told it before, I was at that game and it was called off. And so I jumped onto my Air New Zealand app to see if I could change my flight, and there was one leaving in under an hour. So I walked from the ground to the airport, which isn't far, got on the plane, landed, found out the game had been recalled on, there'd been a world record, fastest 50 ever, and we'd won yeah. the game. And it, it was while I was in the air. The whole thing happened while I was oh. in the air. It was amazing. I wasn't even in the country. I, I just caught it on YouTube. Oh, it was amazing. I only ever saw highlights of it. So, yeah, I've never actually seen the whole thing, but, yeah, even the highlights are bloody amazing. Mm. Yeah. No, Corey Anderson, yeah, he was pretty special. Yeah. He sure was. Had a few um, on the text have come through for Jesse Ryder. Actually, he's probably um, he's probably going to make the final five if once I count up all the votes, which is kind of cool. Oh, Jesse Ryder, he's just wasted talent. Well, not wasted, but, you know, you're... He never, never followed through with that amazing potential that he had. He's just one of those naturally gifted guys. Mm. Unfortunately, he let you know, the evil of the drink sort of get in the way of things and yeah, it sort of ruined his career. But I tell you what, he would have gone down as one of our best ever cricketers, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. He, 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 he had everything. Good yep. fella, but very athletic. Yep. Good bowler. Really good hands, awesome good arm, good hand yep. eye. He had the whole yeah, lot. Good. Yep, he did, yeah. Mm. Perfect. Good man. Thanks, right, Gary. I better leave you to it. I'm halfway through rolling the ceiling. Oh, well, well you've given your shoulders and your neck a bit of a break. Back to it, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. See you, mate. There's Gary, our favourite painter from down that way. He, he's always on the tools doing something. Oh, we've got a nice group of players being texted in and called in. Uh, do appreciate your calls. 0800 150811. Let's go. And this will be interesting. Ed from Tolaga Bay. Kia ora, Ed. Hey, kia ora, Staffy. I'm just waiting for my boys in Countdown. He's getting in Mackay. <laughs> and, I was, I was, and, and when he, when he mentioned the Midday Madness, and, and um, Martin Crow, well, I thought of him straight away. Yeah, me too. And then that Glenn Turner. Glenn Turner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then so those two for me, and then uh, Baz. Yeah. Baz McCullum, they're 300 knock. And then my next two, oh, I love Richard Hadley. Richard Hadley is a batter? Yeah, man. Left-handed batter. Yeah, I know. He's done the goods for New Zealand back in the day. Oh, hell he's yeah. He's won games for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've got one more, haven't I? Yeah. Or have I got two more? One more. Well, one more. So, okay, I'll go, um, I'll go, um, not Chris Kent, his dad. Lance. Lance Kent. But there you go. Man could hit a ball, couldn't he? 
Yeah, well, it's T20, so, you know, whack him out of the park. Yeah. Now, what's your instruction for your boy in Countdown? What's, what's he going to come out with? A rotisserie chicken and a loaf of bread and some coleslaw? Well, yeah, no. He goes, Dad, I've, I've, um, I've got to move out of the hospital, so come pick up my gear. So I get to town and he's changed his mind. <laughs> oh, Dad, let's go to breakfast. Oh, okay. So we're in town driving around. Where do you want to go? All these places, oh man, you're driving down bus lanes, you get tickets, oh man, oh man, bro, go down to the countdown, <laughs> just across the road from where you live, get a roast chicken, yeah, you'll be right, and get dad a bottle of Steinlager. <laughs> and all that, the hassle. And that's lunch, eh? And that's lunch, yeah, that's my lunch, and he can eat the, the chicken. Nice, nice, mate. Chicken and beer for lunch, perfect, perfect, dad. Cheers, bro, bro. All good. Cheers, bro. Uh, that was Ed from Tonga. Actually, I, um, I meant to mention to Ed that uh, Rene Holmes from Gisborne was on the breakfast show this morning. We had some great uh, great chats with our successful Black Ferns in the last few days. Uh, Rene Holmes, Stacey Flula, Sarah Hidney. Um, there was another one we've had on another show as well. Escapes me... I can't remember. Um, but, um, yeah, we've had a lot of people talking about the Black Ferns win. So uh, if you are listening, you must be listening in the car, Ed. Uh, this morning, uh, Rene Holmes from Gizzy was on with The Breakfast Boys. So you can go and listen to all those podcasts uh, that all the shows are doing on the SENZ app. Um, Graham, who's a frequent caller, of course, he's currently in Marlborough, but formerly in Northland, he said, sorry I can't call, but his players, so we'll pretend this is a call, okay? <clears throat> G'day, Steph, Graham here. Hey, Graham, how are you doing, buddy? Good, Steph. Um, I heard the subject, and these are the five players that sprung to my mind. Clearly, Martin Guptill will be opening, uh, Martin Crow, uh, both the Kens, Lance and Chris, and Ross Taylor. You need a cool head, and he has a pretty good record. Cheers, Graham. Thanks for calling, Graham. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Cheers, bro. So that was Graham from Marlborough. Good. Thanks for your call, Graham. Um, don't know why he couldn't call, but uh, always good to hear from your champion. So his one's uh, Guptill, Munro, Crow, Guptill, Munro, Crow, and the Kenses. Not bad, eh? I wonder, I might actually go and have a look up what, because um, back in the day, it was all about average. So Lance Keen's days, it was average. I don't even know if they did strike rates. I think it was they didn't convert it. Like it's it rolls off your tongue now saying they've got a one thirty strike rate. We know what all that means. I think if you went back in those days more than a run a ball, that was seen as amazing. And the man I think that really changed the game, really changed strike rates, was birthday boy from yesterday, the keeper from Aussie, Adam Gilchrist, and SEN host over in Perth. He changed you know that runnable stuff to two runs a ball. Sometimes he was he was the he was the strike rate game changer. So I'm going to compile all of the votes we have had, and both by phone calls and by text messages. I'll compile them during the news, which is brought to you uh, very kindly by the great man John McNeil. We'll come back after that. Right, I've done some compiling. Uh, I had a text actually in from Jared saying, interesting stats, Staffy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Kane Williamson has a better ODI strike rate than Chris Kins. Quite possibly. And I do think you could almost categorise Kane Williamson's career from into two parts, which is pre-elbow, post-elbow. 
it's obviously had an effect on him when he was playing with the injury and he'd play a game and then sit out a couple, then come back and play and then he had a big break and then he came back and um, he will be back. He will come back in top form, but he's not there at the moment. He'll probably admit he's not in top form at the moment. He just needs cricket probably. But yeah, I like, I remember Glenn Turner don't really remember him sort of towards the end of his career and he had a falling out with New Zealand cricket, I think, and he went and played pro in England. But he was considered like a dasher. And when we first started playing one-day cricket, he was a dasher, but he wouldn't have been runnable. If you were runnable, it was like off the hook, incredible. So um, so as the game has moved on, um, when you think that Kane Williamson had the worst strike rate at the World Cup and it was a strike rate of 96, um that would have been probably top five in, in the 80s World Cup, a strike rate of 96. That's just how the game has evolved. But, yeah, cool stat, Jared. Um, oh, Graham has uh, has told us what he's up to. Uh, he says, mate, I'm sorting out my shearing on my place, mate. Do I really sound that bad? Did I sound bad, Graham? Sorry, I wasn't. wasn't a very good impersonation, I know, Graham, but I, liked, I know you always call when you can, so I want to pretend that it was a call. Right, here's some text messages that have come through for your votes. So this one says, I like Craig Spearman, Mark Greatbatch, Brennan McCullum, Rod Latham, Jesse Ryder. There's a mixture. There's a mixture. Um, another one. Brennan McCullum, Finn Allen, Jesse Ryder, Ross Taylor, Lance Cairns. Gosh, I'd love to see some of these dream teams play. Maybe in the future, in this metaverse that Sam tells me about, we'll be able to put on these virtual reality goggles and watch teams like this go out and play a real game. Staffy, my top five, this is from Ken, Martin Crow, Brennan McCullum, Martin Guptal, Fleming and Styrus. Scotty Styrus, what a competitor he was. Him and Craig McMillan were just competitors. McCullum, Guptal, Astle, Great Batch, Phillips from Greg and he snuck in a number six, you cheeky bugger. Chris Ken's at six. Uh, McCullum, Guptal, Ryder, Monroe, Crow. Chris Kens, I think that's six as well. Someone else has snuck in six. That's okay. And Mark from Christchurch says Monroe, McCullum, Andrew Jones, Chris Kens, and Luke Ronke, high strike rate in ODIs. He could go, couldn't he? He was brilliant. Didn't see enough of him. Andrew Jones, was he rapid enough, Mark? Maybe you just want a bit of surety for all these bangers to go around him. Right, so all of those, I totaled all those ones up on text and totaled up on um, the phone calls that we got in. Uh, The two most voted on will be our openers, and that's Brendan McCullum and Martin Guptill. And I don't think there's too much argument with those. Um, Votes-wise, these were the next highest. These were the next highest rated amongst the votes, and so... um, and I've decided their order. Okay, so I'm playing head selector now. So Jesse Ryder will come in at three, Martin Crow will come in at four, and Glenn Phillips will come in at five. So we've got um, Martin Crow's era. Then probably the next era is the Brennan McCullum era. Then the Ryder Guptill, and then the recency of Glenn Phillips. Gosh, imagine that going out there today in the beige. Brennan McCullum, Martin Guptill, Jesse Ryder, Martin Crow, and Glenn Phillips. Good stuff. Thank you for your interactions. Good stuff. Um, we'll take a break. We'll take a break because uh, we've got a, an appointment, an appointment phone call and a chat with Scott. He is he has a company called The Brothers Authentic. They're a 
They're a clothing company, t-shirts, caps, just casual stuff. But the thing I like about them and why we're talking about it, it is Movember. We're raising money for uh, men's health and they are big advocates for uh, mental health funding. So 10% of every sale, the gross sale. So you buy something off them for 60 bucks, six bucks of that straight to mental health. I want to ask them why. I want to ask them how they set it up and why it's important to them. So a little business doing good things and being very selfless. It is the Brothers Authentic Limited. They're coming up after the break. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We are in the middle of November and it's a very important month because there's Movember, there's um, a lot of focus on men's health, mental health, physical health, the whole shebang. And so I just wanted to take this opportunity, I stumbled across a company, they're called the Brothers Authentic Limited, who, look, they give to the cause not just in November, all year round and I think it's a cool, cool story. So Scott Allison-Jones joins us from the Brothers Authentic Limited. G'day Scott. Yes, how are you? Thanks for having me, mate. Good, it's buddy. Good to be here. Yeah, what a what a cool story you guys have got going with this, um, with with your clothing, and I've I've said to the listeners before the ad break that ten percent of all your sales you give directly to Men's Health, which I think is fantastic. When did you start this up, and probably more importantly, why did you start it up? Yeah, well, um, well, first of all, I'm a bit starstruck being on your show. It's awesome to get the time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the Brothers Authentic, it's, um, I guess it sort of stumbled across us late last year during lockdown. Uh, me and my wife uh, are super passionate about making a difference uh, in this space. Uh, it took us a while to sort of think about, I guess, the right avenue to take, but we landed on apparel. Um, and yeah, we had an idea and we just went for it. And uh, we're a bit nervous to kick things off. Um, but yeah, we're just overwhelmed with the support we've got. Um, first of all, from friends and family, and then now it's sort of spreading right across uh, New Zealand. So um yeah, it's a great cause. Unfortunately, you know, we're a great country, but unfortunately we have a, a, a terrible uh, mental health statistic here in New Zealand. So, you know, one in four Kiwis uh, struggle with their mental health every year. Um, one in eight men struggle with depression. And unfortunately, we have a shocking statistic around suicide. So last year alone, 470 New Zealand men took their own life. Um, and that's 75% of all suicides in our country. Um, and these are, these are fathers, sons, brothers and mates. So um, I guess the ambition behind our company is to make a, make a small change in the right direction for what is a great cause. Yeah, it's a fantastic cause. And, and the cool thing is, like, like right now, I'm actually wearing one of your T-shirts and a cap as well. And you actually, as a consumer, if you do purchase off you guys, you know that in a, in a way, it's a donation. And in a way, I really want everyone to know that your company do something for mental health. By so wearing your brand, you're also saying that you support men's mental health. That, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I get an absolute buzz. Like, I think I might need to take you up to do some modelling for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, your biceps are fitting out that t-shirt nicely. But um, now, nah, look, that's um, you had a you had the nail on the head at the start when you said sort of um, you know we donate twelve months of the year. Uh, we think this should be spoken about every day of the year. Um, and yeah, you're right. Ten percent of every purchase is donated to Movember, uh, a great foundation focusing on men's mental health. Um, and yeah, we wanted to be really transparent and upfront about uh, when and where we're donating. Um, so it's not 10% of profits, it's 10% of every purchase you make from us. Um, so you know where your money's going, 
um, and it's going to a great place to help uh, everything Movember's trying to do um, in the in the mental health space. And the cool thing is, if, and I encourage people go on the website, look at look at the offerings you've got. You've got, um, I think you probably started with caps and t-shirts, but I see now you you've got into the kids range and seeing kids, and you know you've got ten dollar t-shirts for kids at the moment, which which is awesome. And it's because kids are the ones that affect can be affected by the effect of um, damaged mental health, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Well, there's, there's so many factors at play with mental health. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the big problem is mental illness, so I guess depression, anxiety, which people are diagnosed with, but also um, the mental struggles that I, I think a lot of New Zealand Kiwis um, struggle with across their lifetime. Um, this is brought on sort of by life events um, such as trauma, loss, and even just negative experiences throughout your life. So... Everyone uh, at every age can be impacted by mental health. Unfortunately for men, there's a massive stigma around talking about it and taking action. Um, so for us at the Brothers Authentic, it's one thing about raising awareness, but the one thing we want to see is action to be taken. Uh, you know, following up with conversation, uh, you know, making sure your mates are okay, you know, getting into a habit, you know, once a week, calling your mates, making sure that um, they're okay, uh, making a habit of connecting with mates that you haven't connected with in a while. So. Although we're not perfect, uh, we're all doing our part to, to make a difference and we're hoping, um, look, if we can even and save one New Zealand brother or help one New Zealand family, I think we've done a great job. And here's the other, sort of uh, moving on from what I said, that your brand is associated with helping men's health. What you just said then is we're not very good at talking about it. And the cool thing is, I get asked all the time because... Um, you wear your logo and people say what's that and I said oh they're a company that make really cool shirts and caps and they give 10% of everything in mental health and that starts the conversation that's hard to start so you're you're making it easier to talk about by what you're doing that that must give you some um, some reference as to this is why we do it and it's actually working yeah sure and I think if, if our customers can bring down those barriers and and be the ones, you know, at barbecues to spark a conversation um, that's a little bit deeper than usual, then you're doing your part um, to make a difference. And um, I guess while i got the time, I just wanted to sort of thank everyone who's jumped on board so far to buy some gear. Um, you know, initially when we started um, the company, The Brothers Authentic Limited, uh, you naturally get that support from family and friends, but it's spread wide and far across um, New Zealand. We've nearly had 500 orders in our first year. Um, and like close connections, sort of spreading the words, um, and even you know having guys like you know I'm a bit of a sports geek, and looking at the orders, I had an order come through from uh, the one and the only Billy Harmon, and also Dallas McLeod from the Crusaders. So that's a bit of a buzz seeing like mm. the, the words sort of spreading across their team as well. Um, and also, you know, when I first started off, guys like Ish Sodi, Jordan Tarfoa, um, you know, offering to use their platform to share some of our content as well. So um, yeah. It goes a long way to supporting the cause, and um, you know we've donated. Uh, we, well, by the end of November, we would have donated over three thousand uh, dollars so far to Movember, um, and we yeah look to continue that into next year as well. And the the other thing is your your gear. Like, I love your caps. I love your t-shirts. So it's like some some sometimes you get someone that aligns their brand with 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 any sort of charity. You go on and go. Oh look, yeah, I'd really like to support that charity, but I don't think they're sort of me. But your stuff's actually quite cool. From from a from an older bloke here, I still think they're cool. But they will suit all the demographics. Lots of colours, lots of designs, uh, big logos, small logos, the whole thing. So 
how do you get your inspiration for the clothing? Have you got a designer? Do you and your wife do it? How do you come up with with your um, with your merchandise? Yeah, it's quite funny. I've, I've got a couple of mates in the design um, industry, um, but actually I've just taken on my own shoulders. I've downloaded an application called Canva, and I'm a bit of a battler really, but <laughs> it's um, just sort of playing around with a few colours and a few logos. And yeah, I guess I was pretty nervous when we first launched the first T-shirts. I think we launched two T-shirts and uh, about three hats. <laughs> um, and yeah, the guys just loved it. Like We got similar feedback to what you're saying, Staffy, and yeah, I think at the end of the day, the message behind it is what's really selling the gear. Um, and yeah, look, it's it's an awesome way. It's a win-win for customers. They they pick up some great gear and uh, know they're donating to a great cause. We've got some cool stuff coming up. So we've just launched some new snapbacks, um, which I'll send you a couple of those. Staffy, you might be the new poster boy for Brothers Authentic um, at this rate. <laughs> and then uh, we've also got some cool summer threads coming along. So we've got a couple of T-shirts. Um, a nice summer jumper for those summer barbies. And, um, yeah, we're going to be running a little bit of a Black Friday sale as well to say thank you uh, to everyone who's supported us so far. Brilliant. So uh, we'll have listeners that are au fait with social media and we'll have listeners that just like to use traditional internet. Give us a couple of ways that we can yep. get in touch with you and have a look at your gear. Yeah, cool. So I guess our main content is on Instagram. Um, and just search up the Brothers Authentic Limited on Instagram. Uh, you'll have our link uh, in the bio there to our website, and you'll have all our content around launches, donations, uh, everything else to do with men's mental health. Uh, and then uh, if you want to search on the, on the interweb, it's thebrothersauthenticlimited.bigcartel.com. Um, just search that up. It'll go straight to the page. Um, and, yeah, look out for our Black Friday sale. We, we want to reward our customers for supporting us. So, um yeah, look, it's it's a massive massive problem in New Zealand across society, um, even our sports people, the amount of pressure they're under. So we want to do our part to make a difference and just thank everyone for supporting us so far. Mate, and we want to thank you. Um, not enough uh, businesses do this, and uh, when you consider you're a, you're a new business on the block and straight away you see we're going to give 10 percent of the sale price and as you say not net profit I think that's incredibly generous and speaks a lot about you as a company and I wish you all the success and I encourage people to go and google the Brothers Authentic Limited and um, just go and have a squiz which I'm doing now and I will politely decline your offer to model because I'm looking at your models on there mate you, I won't tick the model box you've got the right models in place I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, work something out Steffi we'll work something out mate <laughs> good man Scott thanks heaps for chatting to us and thanks heaps for what you're doing for men's health take care mate all the best cheers buddy Scotty so go and have a look the Brothers Authentic go and google that look at them on Instagram what a cool story eh just uh, a little New Zealand company doing something other than just themselves very cool story we'll take a break we'll wrap the hour Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Cool chat then. Cool chat then with um, with the Brothers Authentic. A few texts missed the links to get in touch with them. So it is the Brothers Authentic Limited. It wasn't a paid advertisement, but I like giving... Uh, companies a little bit of mileage that uh, are quite selfless, you know. Um, a startup company right from the get-go giving 10% away of every single sale. So um, $35 caps, they've just got a new range of caps in, which look awesome. So $3.50 every cap straight to Movember. I love it. Caps, 
t-shirts, um, sort of gym tops, the the sleeveless ones, uh, gym shorts they've got now, and then kids stuff. They've got bucket hats as well for kids. Summertime, they are good um, stocking stuffers, and they're only six dollars. The bucket hats, for goodness sake, they are six. Yeah, six dollars, and ten dollars for kids t-shirts. All on sale. They've got a great sale. So uh, go and have a look and help help a company keep going um, because they are helping each and every one of us with their donations to Movember. It is the Brothers Authentic Limited. Google that. Look at them on Instagram. Give them a follow and just give them a message of support saying, you know, I just, just heard you on the radio. Go well, fellas. Um, I'm putting in an order or I can't order right now, but love your work. Like, let's just keep keep props and give some positive energy to the people that are doing stuff for others um, we appreciate Scott coming on the show today coming up to one o'clock seconds away that means it's new sport and weather time with Johnny Mac. Gull fueling your mission pop into your local for some good value fuel gull.nz get ready for a workday pick me up this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ Sammy, they've just named the uh, men's tournament team for the World Cup, which is kind of weird because the final hasn't been played. <laughs> Very weird, but okay. Um, there is two Kiwis, and they have named one, two, three, four, five. Looks like about twenty players. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen players. Sammy, can you name the two Kiwis? Um. Well, Joey Manu will be in there. Golden boot winner. Um, and then... Not for his kicking, but... Probably Jerome. No. Oh, okay, I guess they wouldn't have put him in the halves. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Um, Joey won't be Mitch... It uh, won't be um, Dylan Brown. Correct, it's not. Um, it, I imagine it wouldn't be like Dallin. It's not Dallin, is it? Correct. So... The forwards no really stood out. Nelson's not really stood out. Uh, James Fisher Harris. It's him. He didn't have an amazing tournament. Didn't play as well as I expected. He's a fantastic well, player. That's, uh, to your point about there only being two Kiwis, I mean, it hardly was a you know an outrageous performance or campaign for the Kiwis. Mm. So I could definitely understand it. But who's who's getting all the favouritism? Is it Samoa? Samoa's got five players. Okay. Brian To'o, Tim Lafai, Stephen Crichton. Uh, Jerome Luai, clearly, and Junior Polo, Bolo, 
the Australians are Josh Adokar, Cam Murray, Harry Grant. That's it. Three Aussies. Liam oh, Martin. Liam Martin, sorry, as well. And then the others are George Williams, England. Edwin Ipape, Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. He was great. Uh, Sunia Turuva from Fiji and Kolomatangi from Tonga. They had Victor Radley in there. No Victor Radley. Uh, sure? uh, George Williams. There's only one from England. You must be looking at a different one. I've got like a different graphic. Have you? Yeah. My one is on NRL.com. Is that where you are? No. I'm um, on NRL.com. It's got Victor Adley, Burgess, and George oh, Tom Williams. Burgess. Tom Burgess, George Williams. Why can't I see? Oh, sorry. And Victor Radley. Sorry. Which sorry. I wonder if they put that together pre uh, the Victor Radley scuffle. Oh, yeah. And in the women's team, uh, uh, team of the tournament, there is uh, England. Papua New Guinea, England, England, Canada, Brazil, England, and the rest of Kiwis and Aussies. The Kiwis to make it are Aneta Nu'u, Nu'u Asala from New Zealand. The other New Zealanders are Amber Hall, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand, Racine McGregor, who also won the um, golden boot for the women. Big congratulations there. Mele Hufanga, she is brilliant. Watch the final and watch her go, uh, the centre for the Kiwi Ferns. Uh, and also, uh, Uppy Nichols, Uppy Nichols. Gosh, I wish they put them in, I guess they got them in position order. Um, but big league finals this weekend, Sammy. Are they both, are they back-to-back or are they different days? No, back-to-back know? at Old Trafford, yep. Oh. Yeah, the women's is at, I think, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, of course, on Spark Sport, and then 5 a.m. for the men's game. 5 a.m.'s doable. Yeah. You know, the ones I don't like is uh, 2 o'clock till 4.30. So if they start before 2, I'll stay up. Yeah. Um, and if they're 5 o'clock onwards, I'll get up. But it's that middle one. What do you do? You probably try and go to bed early. But it just ruins your sleep. Yeah, and then it's hard to get back to sleep in the morning. What time is the uh, All Blacks game? Four? Um, There'll be some dual screen action going on here. Oh, Jesus. Because I wondered if you might be able to just sort of dovetail into that if it was was later, like six or seven, but no, it probably isn't, isn't it? Oh, Twickenham usually do play quite late, actually. Do they? People people will know the answer to this, so let me... um, Because obviously we're an hour behind, but 12 hours ahead, so... um, 8 a.m. here would be 7 p.m. there. International rugby this weekend. Yeah. Um, Sam, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> we have USA Portugal, Tonga, Uruguay. That's quarter 12 on Saturday night. Sunday morning, here we go. 2 o'clock, Italy, South Africa. 2 mm-hmm. o'clock, Wales, Georgia. 2.30, Canada, Namibia. 3 o'clock, Jesus, there's a heap. 4.15, Scotland, Argentina. 6.30 in the morning. England, New Zealand, perfect. Great. That is fantastic perfect. because I gar- that rugby league final is probably going to finish at around about quarter two. So mm. you do a little bit of dual screen action for the for the first 15 minutes of the All Blacks England game and then away you go. Well, the first 15 minutes is just going to be kick the touch line out, kick the touch Scrum, line out, kick the reset, touch, um, knock on. Uh, TMO. Yellow, yellow card. Check the, check the neck roll. Fake injury. Um, so it'll be nil and so you won't miss anything. And then after that, Sammy Hewitt, Island Australia. I think that's going to be a ripper. You of a reckon? Game. I reckon Ireland will kill them. Oh, I don't. No one kills Australia. 
they beat them, but they don't kill them. Nine o'clock in the morning, Ireland. And then Monday morning, France, Japan, uh, Bath against the Barbarians. That's interesting. Um, Sunday. And then England, South Africa wrap up the international Northern Hemisphere because they're playing next weekend. England, South Africa at 6.30 in the morning. So some it's funny, you know, like we ha- we are gorging ourselves on rugby and then it's just going to go, stop. Yeah, but like I found... This weekend, Black Ferns, Rugby League World Cup final for men and women, All Blacks England stops. Mm. Yeah. Done. It's interesting though because this time last year we had a real lean patch of sport, I think, in November and we knew this as, you know, being on air staff, that it was real tough to work out what we're going to talk about because there's basically nothing on. But I mean, we're going from what's been a very, very busy last few weeks with World Cups, etc., um, to the Football World Cup, mm. which starts on Monday. Mm. And we've got all live commentary here on SCNZ. Um, so we go straight into the Football World Cup, which is going to keep us going through until basically Christmas. And then when you come back from Christmas, you're probably already talking about Super Rugby and Alpaki, and then uh, the NRL starts early March. We've got cricket, obviously, over summer, and um, all the American sports. So, mate, it's been a we've been a great 2022. Yeah, oh, it's been blessed. Yeah. Uh, considering the, the garbage that um, we inadvertently had to go through for the two years that COVID affected everything was sort of back to normal in the sporting sphere, which is yeah. very cool. And then, of course, next year, the FIFA Women's World Cup here in New Zealand. Get ready, New Zealand. It's going to be massive. Um, <clears throat> we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Colin Munro. We've already got, and I haven't even asked for them, but I do appreciate them. For people that have just joined the show, who've been away at the Rural Roundup, welcome in. Um We've had um, our first hour, we were talking about our top 10, sorry, uh, opening five batsmen of all time for T20 in New Zealand. And if you've just joined us, the one that got the mo- ones that got the most votes were McCullum, Guptill, Ryder, Crow, Phillips. And next one of, next highest polling was Colin Munro. And as by chance may have it, Colin Munro is going to join the show after the break. So any questions for Colin Munro or Munners? Whatever you want to call him, he's a um, a batsman for hire, incredibly successful around the world um, in the Caribbean League and the Big Bash and the 100. In fact, someone's just asked me to ask Collie about the uh, how he found the 100 in the UK and to explain the rules and how it compares to T20. So Paul from Whanganui, I will be asking him that along with any other questions. So questions for Colin Munro. I'm going to talk to him about the, the World Cup performance. I'm going to talk to him about Martin Guptill. Uh, and he's just a couple of days away, I believe, from going and joining Brisbane in the Big Bash. So questions for Colin Munro, double eight double three. That is the temper bed post text machine. He will join us after the break. Get him in. And Izzy and Kempe, weekdays from six on SENZ. Picture this, you're at the Basin Reserve, the sun's out, and you're on the grass embankment listening to SENZ on 7.11am. Now that is a seriously good day in Wellington. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Just battling. We were talking to Colin Munro, getting ready to put him on hold so I can have a chat to him and his phone just dropped out and now it's going straight to message. I hope the battery didn't go flat. Something like that. I'm keeping an eagle eye on Sammy to see if um, see if I can see him talking to him. Um, but some good questions coming in from him. Uh, some quite funny ones too. So if you've got a searching question for Colin Munro, text them in, double eight, double three, and um, I'll put as many questions from you guys as we can. Um, and he, we've got him on the phone now. Munners, Colin Munro joins us. Uh, g'day, mate. 
Very good, uh, Manners. Um, geez, a rare time for you to not be playing cricket. You seem to be popping up all over the world. Uh, how long have you been back in New Zealand? Yeah, I've um, yeah just got back probably two and a half weeks ago from doing a little something a bit different. It was a mentor in the Pakistan Junior League, so it's been nice to get home and, and spend some time with the family. How do you find that um, behind the ropes, I guess, and not, not swinging the bat and sharing your knowledge with some up-and-comers? Uh, quite frankly, it was awesome. I think, you know, having that, you know, waking up in the, you know, breakfast and having that sort of performance anxiety a little bit and you go, oh, crap, I've got another game to come today or, you know, having that sort of pressure to, to perform. It was nice to wake up and do a, you know, have a different routine rather than just plan and prepare individually. Um, you're trying to work around the other boys that are playing and make sure that their preparation is up to scratch and then, you know, once the game started, all you can do is sit and, and, and offer a little bit of advice here and there. But for the under-19 boys, it's more about trying to them coming up with the with the ideas and the and the plan, and then talking about it after the game and see whether they they execute it or not. Yeah, I love it, and I love it when um, either recently retired or or people that have put in, and you go back and give back to so the next generation can take. Uh, whatever they can from your skill set and then apply it to the game. I love that sort of stuff. But I wanted to ask you about um, New Zealand at the T20 World Cup. Um, we love it when teams go to World Cups and they save their best performance to the last. But we had our best performance in the first. We got the tournament round the wrong way, Colin. Yeah, it was sort of one of those ones, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, when you, when you start out that way, you, you probably try and search and try to play that, that brand of cricket the whole time. But... Um, as you know, it doesn't always always come come out like that, especially being that high octane sort of you know go out there play what's in front of you, and probably the wicket suited the way we went up about our cricket that game. Um, and then I know playing in the big bash, um, the new ball does move around a little bit, and you know you've got to try and give a little bit more respect to the bowlers up front, and then and then try and capitalise through the middle, and then at the end. So um, yeah, it was was one of those sort of tournaments that we didn't quite nail at the right times, but, you know, those, those sort of things happen. A lot of the discussion amongst our listeners during the tournament and post-tournament has been the Finn Allen-Martin Gupta conversation that Gupta didn't even get a crack when I think pretty much everyone acknowledges he's one of our finest white ball batsmen of all time. Were you surprised he didn't get a go at the crease at some stage in the World Cup? Yeah, I was, to be honest, but, you know, I think... You know, in all credit to Finn, the way he played the first game, um, we're sort of hoping that he would come out and do that again later on in the tournament. And I think, you know, the the, the special thing about Finn, the way he plays, is that, you know, I've, I've been there as well, and the way they play, or that type of person plays in striking at 170 or 160, which is a lot higher than I ever did, but it's he's not going to come off more times than not. You know, he's going to fail a lot of times. It's about him being happy with that and then going out there and, and, and trying to execute his plan because when he does come off, he's he's one of the world's best. Um, you know, whereas with Guppy, you could probably rely on him a little bit more in terms of being more consistent because the way he goes about his business, striking that one sort of 135 range. So I think with Gupp, you know what you're going to get. With Finn, you don't know, but he's got that X factor that can take the game away from you. If you bat for seven, seven, eight overs, the game's pretty much done. And I guess the other surprising thing, and it's been met with uh, quite a 
quite an amount of criticism is that Martin Guptill hasn't made the the series against India. Now, I'm no selector, so and it's not an experimental thing, World Cups, but this is an Indian tour coming to New Zealand. Uh, three of their best players aren't coming, they're being rested. So you'd have to say it's a, I mean, no international cricket is a nothing series, but it's a, it's a lesser series because the best players aren't there. Trent Bolt's not playing. Um, but the fact that Martin Guptill didn't even make that, that must be, I find it, Personally, I find it really offensive to a guy that sacrificed so much for the country. He's won us so many games. He's been an absolute leader of cricket that he doesn't get a crack, much like uh, Brennan McCullum did, much like Ross Taylor did. These servants, even if they just said, we're going to play him in Auckland, a packed crowd, a determined Martin Gubdal, the first six that goes over the roof would go nuts. And if anything, if anything other sports in New Zealand get the public in behind your sport like the Black Ferns have, there was an opportunity missed, I feel, and if I was Martin Guptill, um, pardon my French, but I'd be massively pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. I think, when I was, I was surprised even him, with him and even Chapman to a certain um, degrees, you know, you get selected for a World Cup squad, and then you come back home, and they don't get selected for the next series, where there's been no wild ball cricket in New Zealand for boys to put their their you know their their name in the headlights to to perform, um, and Guppy obviously in one day cricket's done done pretty well too. Uh, Chapman as well did really well against Pakistan in that series before the World Cup. You know, batting at number five or six is probably the hardest position to bat in T20 cricket. You've got to go in there and either consolidate and, and try and rebuild, or you've got to go out there and try and smack it from ball one. And he did a great job doing that. So, yeah, I do think. Hopefully New Zealand Cricket's had the conversation with both of them and, and been really upfront with them and, and, on, and honest with their communication. Um, so so they, they know where they lie as cricketers moving forward. But, uh, yeah, with Guppy, if, you know, someone that's played that long um, and given so much to New Zealand Cricket, he, you know, to be honest, he could have gone anywhere in the world over the last year or two and, 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 and picked up contracts, but he wanted to play World Cups and he wanted to still represent New Zealand in and, and Ball Cricket and... You know, I think it was only, I don't even know if he's given up the Red Bull stuff yet. So, you know, he's given it all to, to New Zealand cricket for a long time. Um, and, you know, if we've seen the last of him, it's pretty disappointing that New Zealand public don't get to see him play in, 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 the, in the black uh, one more time. And the other thing, we're talking to Colin Munro, the other thing I found really weird, Colin, was um, when they handed out the contracts, Jimmy Neesham didn't get one. Martin Guptill did get one. Jimmy Neesham's been playing. Martin Guptill hasn't. Did they cock up the contracts? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Jimmy and Jimmy and Guppy totally different players. Um, I think, you know, what Jimmy's done for New Zealand as well is, you know, put up some really good numbers. His T20 stats are on, you know, sort of no one no one comes close at that number six and seven finishing role. So. Um, yeah, and that's why he's getting selected around the world to play franchise cricket. I was, I was just surprised that, obviously, him and Trent Bolt are on the similar position in terms of turning down a contract and, and going to play franchise cricket for a while. And obviously, Bolty's not in this series, and then Jimmy is. And it's you know, it's how do they communicate that with the players? You know, I wouldn't like to be in New Zealand cricket series right now in terms of some players have gone off and played franchise cricket and and been forgotten about, and then some guys give a, give give up a contract and then go to World Cups and then now Bolte's not playing this one and then now Jimmy's in the series. It's, it's, it's quite a mess. There needs to be a simple 
simple line uh, in the sand where if players choose to go overseas, um, they, you know, give up New Zealand cricket, or is it New Zealand cricket giving up the time now and saying, listen, we we can't compete with the leagues around the world. We need to we need to try and have a little bit of an open mind here and let players go and play, and and learn to play. You know, how good would it be if Finale went and played around the world for the next two or three years? Um, got a heap of experience playing against some of the best players in the world and then came back a better person and well, not a better person, but a better cricketer mm. and, uh, you know, really, really put on, put on a show for New Zealand for the next 10 or 15 years and really work closely together with the players to make sure that they're sort of having the best of both worlds rather than having to choose to go and play franchise cricket or, or choose the country because it's, it's a hard decision to make. Yeah, I agree with you. Get that experience playing in different conditions, all the best bowlers in the world. And I'd suggest, Colin Monroe, that you're probably a better cricketer now than, than you used to be. Like I saw your game transform somewhat over in Perth that you had a bit more of a patient start. Uh, you've become a really effective team member. You're still destructive, but um, it was almost like the travelling that you did gave you a mental edge to your game and a development into your game that maybe you didn't realise was there, but now it's there. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably playing more for, I won't say for the team, but giving a, a specific role for the team. My, my, my role in New Zealand cricket when I played was to go out there and be destructive, and I thought that was just going out there and, you know, slogging, whereas, you know, now obviously playing over the world, all around the world and, and talking to different players, it's about, you know, adapting to conditions and, and putting myself, what did the team need at the specific time? And I try to do that with the black caps, but didn't always come off to, you know, and then unfortunately, um, you know, things didn't go my way towards the end. But I think, yeah, I'm a far better player now than I ever was. I think, just put things in perspective, I really go out there and enjoy my cricket now. Um, at the age now, if I'm not enjoying my cricket, then there's no point in me travelling and and giving up time away from home, away from family, and and going to go sit in a hotel room and be miserable just for, um, just for a, a paycheck. So for me, it's about you know going out and enjoying my cricket and um, immersing myself in the environment wherever that may be, whether it's in Big Bash or Pakistan or wherever it is, and and trying to make that environment uh, really really healthy, and then it helps me with my cricket, takes my focus off off my performance uh, when I'm helping other people around me. I asked the listeners for some questions, Colin, and they've been coming in, so we'll rip through some. Can you ask Colin Munro about how he found the 100 in the UK um, and a bit about the rules and how it compares to T20, so the 100? Yeah, the first year was a little bit, I wasn't too sure how to take it, um, but sort of soon adapted adapted to it. And the following, the, this last year now with the Trent Rockets, it was, you know, it's been done and dusted, tried and tested and it was really good I thought it got the crowds and helped the women's game tremendously in, in, in the UK and then like the difference in the rules it's for guys like me that aren't really good with numbers it's pretty tough to see balls and runs and trying to adapt the equation to how, well, how many runs you need off these, these five balls because you look up on the, on the screen usually in a T20 game and you see oh you need eight and a half and over okay it's gone up to nine and a half okay Shit, it's gone up to twelve. We need to we need to get a get, get you know we need to get a get a crack on. But when you only see balls and runs, it's hard to know exactly how hard to go. So um, yeah, if in doubt, you just got to keep going. And uh, you know that's the, that's the great thing about hundred balls is that 
you shouldn't really get bowled out in it, so you can you can keep going the whole way down. I've had a heap of questions from one uh, listener, Zaid. Our, our listeners will be very aware of Zaid, but he's very excited that you are going to uh, Brisbane uh, from Perth because Brisbane is his team. He likes their teal colours and he wants to know how you think uh, your new team's going to go in the Big Bash with the personnel you've got. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a wonderful team. I think um, they've put together really well. We've got Usman Khawaja come back to, well, not come back, but gone, gone to the heat and I think he's going to captain when he comes back. So I think myself and Billings leave after that Perth game. And then you've got uh, Manus, Labashain and, and Usman Kawaji to come back and, and, and fit in quite nicely when we leave. So sort of like luck for luck players at the top there anyway. So, yeah, I think we've got a really good balance in teams. Uh, we've got a really good good bowling attack. Nice has come back. Bartlett swings a new ball. Um, so, yeah, and Shepson's going to pro- hopefully play a lot of cricket for us, the leg spinner who's been very successful over there. So... Yeah, really looking forward to getting into it. Obviously, it's disappointing not going back to Perth, uh, winning the, the competition last year, but just that's the way franchise cricket is these days. You've just got to, like I said before, you've got to go in, jump in uh, in the deep end and immerse yourself in that environment, that culture, and then and, and just try and add to it and, and, and play, play and have some fun. Awesome, Colin. Fantastic talking to you today. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I'm just wondering if we can just uh, stay in touch with you during the Big Bash, but I will promise not to call you after a single-figure dig or a team loss, but we'll give you a call if you get lots of runs and your team wins. How about that? Yeah, all good. If that used to affect me, you can call me any time, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be too hung up on that. So, yeah, back in the day, I might not have answered the call, but now it's... Uh, yeah, I can answer it anytime. Awesome, Kyle. It's a wonderful competition. Cool that you're in it. We'll stay in touch. Thanks heaps for today. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Colin one of the best, most destructive batsmen in the T20 game. Let's go to New Sport and Weather with Johnny, and we'll come back to you after that. This is the Blue Highway, you travel down there about five kilometres, you turn left, you pull into a diner and they're having a cheeseburger and a decaf flat white is Paul Moati, Paulie, kia orana. <laughs> kia orana, staff, that's right. And if you're on the Blue Highway, you're probably heading uh, along to where all the blue jerseys are <laughs> and those jerseys are poor Samoa jerseys and boy, oh boy, <laughs> have they ignited a passion and the punters out there, because they are jumping on Samoa, who are currently $6.50 to beat the Kangaroos in that Rugby League World Cup final. I tell you, we have taken almost three times as much money yeah. on the Samoans than we have on the Kangaroos, and the Samoans are currently $6.50 to win that game. We've taken a $7,000 bet at $6.50. We took a $3,400 bet on the Samoans when they were seven fifty, um, and the front page uh, that I'm looking at right now has more bets on Samoa than we have on us, on the Kangaroos. So that just goes to show it's not just on um, what do you call it Instagram or TikTok or or those <laughs> social media platforms where the Samoans are getting support. They're getting supported by punters who are putting their uh, hard-earned cash on them to do one of the biggest upsets uh, in world sport, I'd say. So, yep, 
lot of support for the Samoans. That's a, that's a big point start, but I almost think it's not quite as big, but I think potentially more likely is the Kiwi woman against the Australians just went down by two and 15 and a half now. That's big. It is. It's, it's, it's huge. And look, the, the Kiwi Ferns, they had a tough... Uh, semi-final against the English. They got through that okay. I thought, you know, with the likes of McGregor and Nichols, they they look very, very good. They've got a couple of very big forwards in that pack as well. Um, they're $5.70 head-to-head against mm. the Australian women who are $1.12. So, and as you say, they only lost by two points uh, in the group stage. Uh, so there's 15.5 looks like a huge, huge line for the, those ki- Kiwi firms. They, they weren't that worst, and we're seeing similar sort of traffic, not to quite the same extent at the moment as the Samoan uh, Kangaroos match, but we're seeing the same sort of trend where we've taken three times as much money on the Kiwi firms as we've seen on the Australian women. So, yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know. It's... We saw it with the Black Ferns where the, the punters didn't care about the price. They were just going to back them regardless. And I can see a similar sort of thing happening here with the Kiwi Ferns as well as we get closer to the match, what, early Sunday morning. So mm. a lot of support for Samoa, a lot of support for the Kiwi Ferns. Absolute scenes. And uh, before I leave, League, just something I've just noticed is um, you got the first round of the NRL Open and the Warriors are favourites, so uh, it's our year. We're going to beat We're going to beat, we're going to beat Newcastle in the first round. <laughs> They're down it. here as well, in the capital. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh. Yes. The Cape yes. Tin Warriors. Yeah, let's do this. We can do it. It's our year. Yes. Um, expat English that are now living in New Zealand, have they found some pounds to put on the English team to beat the All Blacks? There's, it's early days. Um, there's slightly more action on the All Blacks at $1.70 than we've had on the Palms at two twenty. Um, but it's there's not a lot between them at, at this stage. So I guess we're still waiting. Have the teams been named yet, Steph? I guess people are still waiting to see Not yet, no. what sort of lineup uh, we get in the All Black uh, 15, just to see whether uh, whether that line moves um, and whether the true player of the year, Artie Sevilla, is wearing the number eight jersey. <laughs> You're singing my song, champion. You're singing. <laughs> and uh, another market that I've just noticed is out too. Uh, cricket's back, New Zealand against India. Um, I'm not quite sure why you've got Martin Guptill top run scorer because he hasn't been selected. Uh, he's not in the squad, but he... <laughs> he, he cannot be top run scorer, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, well, he's he not cannot. in the team. He's not in the team. <laughs> no. which, which is, I'm just going to have a look at the others. But yeah, no, he's not in the team. Uh, but he's second favourite. Jeez, um, do you guys know something we don't? Is there going to no, be a late? I'm, is there going to be a late call up here? I'm not suggesting anything of the sort, Steph. I'll let the bookies know, um, and hopefully they can sort that out. Uh, but as you say, Black Caps a dollar seventy eight, the Indians a dollar ninety five to win the first T Twenty uh, International, and oh, that's down here as well. Um, oh, it's the sporting capital of the. It's the Mecca. Well, it, it, yeah, but you know what's going to happen. You you organise an uh, international T20 in Wellington, 
and no, the rain clouds will gather around. No, so, that's Napier. That's Napier. <laughs> they have the cricket hicks. <laughs> oh, geez, that's only um, that's only two days away, three days away. Oh, it's, what is it? Friday. Uh, well, it says two days and five hours and fifty minutes. Um, oh, so I don't know what that is. Seven thirty. Uh, what's today? Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Must be seven yes. seven thirty on Friday. Something well, like I that. I think it is. Yes. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. Oh well, that's yeah. good. Cricket's back over here, over this side of the ditch. Anything else, Paulie? American sport? What's spinning your wheels? Uh, there's. Oh, we've got a whole heap of NBA games on today. Uh, the Pelicans Grizzlies game has already started. They're locked up at thirteen. Uh, all you can get the Pelicans a dollar ninety. Well, that just moves to a dollar ninety-five. The Grizzlies into a dollar seventy-seven to win that match. But we've got a whole host of other NBA games uh, starting later on today that you can get stuck into. And we've got a few. I think the boys are getting a few uh, power play markets up and about as well. Yeah, I see there's only 214 markets available for the Kings and the Nets, so surely you can find... <laughs> God, we never used to have that many options for the every sport across the board, and there's just one game. Oh, I love it. Paulie, you're a busy man. The good man. old days, Seth. Oh, the good old days. 60 <laughs> options open from 10 till 6. Bring them back. <laughs> Cheers, Paulie. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, Steph. Have a good one, mate. Paul Moati, fresh out of Rarotonga. He's a great man, and we'll hear from another great man after the break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Yes, our local news hound, Sammy Hewitt, he was nose deep in the mud of news this morning. I, uh, you might not know this staff, but I got nominated for an award, actually. Did you? Yeah, Journalist of the Year. Uh, just some of the stuff I've been dredging up, you know, well, late you nights. It's late nights, it's early mornings. Mm. Um, in fact, it's no sleep. That's what it is. Um, just so I can bring the great listeners of ECNZ, the stories that they need to hear. What do we need today? Outside of sport. Um, Now, I sent you this photo yesterday. It's been making the rounds for a couple of days now. Uh, The Chinese man who has run the marathon in under three and a half hours while smoking cigarettes. His name is simply Uncle Chen. And he smokes 60 was it Did 60? he smoke 60? Yeah. I don't actually have that in here. I no. read the story. Yeah, he was a chain smoker. Um, and he finished 474th out of 1,500 people. Uh, three hours, 28 minutes and 45. That's now, a handy time. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Breaking their three-hour mark is sort of the amateur... That's what an amateur sort of strives for, oh, it's right? it's a massive guy. Is I, it? I had a couple of... A guy who was a good runner, ran his first marathon, but he was a 5K runner, but he did a marathon in 3.45, and he was stoked with that. 3.45. Well, so Uncle Chen has... Uncle Chen smoked Left him. him in his dust, or in his smoke, <laughs> I should say. Um, so that actually ties into what my point about this was going to be Steph is all well and good for Uncle Chen who obviously is used to this and has probably done it a couple of times what if you're running side by side next to Uncle Chen or and directly behind him and you're getting the second hand smoke which you don't want mate um, you speed up or you slow down oh, I have to yeah, no, I'd, I'd be sprinting to get past him and just hope he doesn't catch me. That's like driving behind a stock truck on the motor on, on the roads yes. with no passing lane yep. and, and, and the poos and wheeze going on your, <laughs> on your windscreen and, and, and then the smell going through Here's your Here's the headline, the poos and wheeze going on your windscreen. Um, because 
I like smoke. He's smoking while he's running. Like you struggle to breathe normally. So yep. inhalation. I know, I don't uh, know how, how, much, how much would he be actually consuming versus just like blowing it out? Blow it without inhaling. Oh. It might just be a marketing. Let's, you know what we've got to do. Tra- track down Uncle Chen. Get him on the show. Well, track down Uncle Chen, people. Don't you worry. He'll have an Instagram somewhere. Uh, chock horror. Chock horror. Oh, chock horror. Staff. Uh, because Bounty Bars, and this is over in the UK, but I imagine it'll make its way down to New Zealand. You know Celebrations, the box? Celebrations yes, box? Yes, yes. Bounty Bars, t- take them away. Get rid of them. They're the coconut ones, aren't they? Correct. Because um, Mars Wrigley, who of course owns them, um, has said that they survey 2,000 uh, British people aged between 18 and 65, and 39% of them said that they wanted the coconut-flavoured treat to be banned. Well, to be removed from the box. But the research doesn't stop there, Steph. 18% of them would feel irritated to find only bounty bars left in the tub. 58% of the surveyed people believed that that particular situation would lead to a family argument. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And 39% wanted the bars gone for good. 22% liked bounty. Um, the least of all the options. And finally, 28% were of the opinion that coconut has no place in a chocolate bar at all. Ooh. Where do you stand, Mark Stafford, please? Uh, it would be one of my least selected as well. Okay. I, I think Bounty, uh, it's pro- it's probably hard on the heels. It, it's got a destiny similar to Turkish Delight, hasn't it? Let's be honest. I'll, um, and Cherry Ripe. I've got a, I, I can't stand those ones. I have a, I have a confession here. I went into um, the supermarket a couple of months ago and was in a rush. I wanted to grab a block of chocolate. Uh, Top Deck is sort of my default go-to, Steph. Bit of white chocolate, bit of milk chocolate, mix them together. So I grabbed the Top Deck off the shelf, get home, parked. I think it was a rugby league game or something. Parked up, ready to watch, get out my chocolate. Coconut rough. Oh, you've grabbed the wrong one? It's pretty one. much the same packet, right? It's got the little blue and it's got the white coconut. I grabbed the wrong one, but I thought, screw it, I've got to tuck into it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I don't so like I, it. Yeah. So I think I'm warming to coconut and chocolate, and I know we're not going to have time here, but I actually wanted to get your official, like, favourites or celebrations rankings. Easy, I can do that easy. Give me your, give me your favourites. Well, what's my choices? Because I can I can even remember the difference between the two uh, companies. Pic- there's Picnic, and the uh, favourites one, you've got Picnic, Dairy Milk, Crunchy, Dream... Uh, flake, morrow. Okay, um, the first one I go to is for picnic. Straight away. Picnic's my top. Dairy okay. milk would be second. Okay. Um, flake would be third. Crunchy's quite far down because I've got knackered teeth. And uh, you put the cherry ripe or the Turkish delight way down the I bottom. I don't mind cherry ripe. Mm. I don't mind. And, uh, but I think there's a little bit of a idiot in me that I pretend to really like Cherry Ripe and I pretend to really like Turkish Delight <laughs> just to get their reaction. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Okay. Um, did you know that the eight billionth person was born today? Oh, get him on the show. At the early hour, the wee, the wee hours of the morning. Um, in the Dominican Republic, his name is Damien. Of course it is. Eight billionth person to be born. And, uh, you know, whilst it's a, a significant milestone for humanity, also it's a little bit of a concern, you know, too many people on the planet. Um, but, um, yeah, people have been building up to this day for the last few weeks. They recognised it was coming. And Damien is the proud recipient of being – well, I don't know how they work that out. Because what if someone's born at the exact same time, you Which know, in Japan or something? I remember know? there was a stat a number of years ago, and it said, of all the people that have ever been alive – 
50% of them are alive now. Yeah. It was a few years ago, yeah, and yeah, I found I that, that amazing. Yeah, that's a great stat. That is a great stat. Um, and finally, do you remember back in 2012, the big campaign around Joseph Coney? You remember Coney? No. Oh, you don't remember that, Steph? It was all over social media, this basically like African warlord who like recruited kids and stuff to fight in his army. And there was this, it was, it was sort of the first time that I reckon sort of social justice campaigns made, made tracks on social media. Everyone was sharing the videos, you know, ban Coney or stop Coney or fight Coney. And classically, it was one of those things that just fizzled out into nothing. And it just disappeared. No mm. one's ever heard of Coney since or what happened to him or he's never been caught. But uh, read a story today. They're actually still offering a $5 million reward if you can hand in, hand over, Joseph Coney. So if you are out there listening and you've forgotten about Coney and you're keen to go on a little mission, uh, five, mil, 5 mil up for grabs. What country? Um, doesn't actually say. I think it might have been like Senegal or one of those well, dangerous Cameroon country. or something. I was going to say, I've got a few weeks actually. off coming up. I might go and have a look. But. Um, yeah. So I need to find out. I'm going to do some studying. We'll do some, we'll do some research. I'll help you out. Um, I'll give you a fact after the break, shall I? Okay. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. You've done some research. I'm reading about this Joseph Coney. I can't believe I haven't heard of him. He kidnapped 30,000 children. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty dark. And they've just not long been in touch with a child soldier saying he's still alive in a Sudanese area. Yeah. Five million. If you if you want to track him down, Steph. Start making investigations. Um, I'll lighten up the mood a little bit with a fact. Thank you. Fact of the day. The Eiffel Tower, every winter, shrinks by six inches. There you go. Does it grow again in summer? Yeah, I think so. It's just that the cold shrinks. Yeah. It's like bridges, right? Bridges shrink in the cold. That's why they've got those little jutty bits when you're driving over. Anything else? Uh, I think I'll leave it there. Yeah. No, it's anything else shrink when it's cold, like <laughs> buildings. <laughs> like I know tyres, you've got to take your tyre pressure when they're cold because they expand when they're hot. We'll take some news, we'll take some sport, we'll take some weather. And we're going to hear from a very well-regarded former US sprinter. She's here for the Women in Sport Conference. That's in the next half hour. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Funny you play this song, Sam. I, I think this one's been nominated in the Grammys for one of the uh, 
one of the awards for the Grammys, and the Grammys are on today. Yeah, I think um, I was just trying to find it. Um, it's probably you know best pop song or something like that. But um, Elton John, Dua Lipa, yeah, not look, not my uh, sort of cup of tea, but <clears throat> yeah, well, the Grammys yeah. is big news, isn't it? It's it's big big news. The Grammys, massive, massive. I'd argue that you know, ninety ninety nine percent of people would be across that today. Mm. They'd be probably having it up on their screen streaming. Yeah, like um, it's. Um, it, it's it's the big kahuna today is the Grammys not 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 cricket. It would be the uh, compared to cricket. It would be the picnic to the bounty, uh, wouldn't it? In yeah. terms of interest <laughs> when, levels. When we're talking chocolate bars, yeah, yeah. It's like I'd go straight for the picnic. I'd go straight for the Grammys. It's yeah. Grammys day. If I did actually seriously have to rank them for you though, are you, are you into the Oscars at all? Oh, the Oscars are huge. I'm asking you like genuinely. Are you into the Oscars? Here's my thing, right? Yeah. With the Oscars and the Grammys and the MTVs and all of those, I will tune in. Yeah. Depending who's hosting them. Yeah, it's hundred percent. So when Ricky Gervais is hosting the Golden Globes, I'm I'm Golden Globes. Of course. Yeah. I think you've got to put the Oscars number one. I'd put the Golden Globes probably second. Then you got the Emmys. Don't forget Grammys. the ESPYs. Oh, I actually love the ESPYs. That's yeah, always I very funny. ESPYs. That's always right. They're probably it might be number two for me. Mm. But I think the Oscars are number one. Mm. Got to be number one, right? I think they're regarded as number one in those I always sorts just, of things. I just always like seeing like what films like dominate, and you know, like sometimes you get those films that win like ten awards. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's sort of like, oh my gosh, got to go watch it. Um, and then if you've watched a film that was really, really good, you want to see it win awards. What's the you know? TV awards? That's the Emmys. So these Grammys is music, Emmys is TV, Oscars yeah. is movie. Yeah, and then Golden Globes is the UK. Yes. Version of the Oscars. Yes, yeah. and what's the Aussie one? They have the the um, Aussies are quite good. We used Lou, to get no. Logies, thank you, Johnny Mac. Yeah, thank you, Johnny Mac. I was saying Lou, Lou, yeah, the Logies. Mm. And there's also the Laureus uh, World Sports Awards as well. But when does that usually happen? Ooh, don't know. Well, um, Lane Beachley, yeah, on the uh, she's part a, of Laureus, yeah, yeah, she's part of that that sports awards. Um, mm, mm. good stuff, but yeah, Grammys is massive, mate. Like, um, they're, they're nutting off out in the office that we're talking about the Grammys. Like, BMAS just giving it the ear guns, he's just loving that we talked about Grammys. Uh, but also, being a uh, being a Wednesday, not only is it Chase Day, Sam, it's Bailey's Property of the Week Day. Now, I've got the bit of paper here which tells me which is the Bailey's Property of the Week. So get your golden headphones ticket. on. It's the golden ticket for you, Sam. If you, I don't know your answer to this, but um, you love ling, living in the kingdom of coal copper copper with mm-hmm. your painted grass and friend stained shoes. and Rural estate. And a dog that looks like a cat. I mean, you're living the dream. Um, but if you could live anywhere else in New Zealand, have you ever thought about... You know, if a good job came up or if I get to retirement age or whatever, what's another area mm. of the country you'd like to live? Absolute no-brainer for me, Steph. Um, probably keeping it North Island at this stage. Mm. Um, no-brainer for me. Uh, I'd be moving to somewhere in the Hawke's Bay, maybe maybe Hasta- um, Havelock North, uh, somewhere around there. Um, near Smithy. Near Smithy. Um, the reason why, Steph, start up the Apple Orchard. Make my own Stop side. It. Make my have own side. Have you so- seen the bit of paper? No, I haven't. I haven't. I kid you not. I, I have not seen the paper, but I'm guessing this is where it's going. I want to start up an apple orchard, start up a cidery, oh, um, not, make I some cider. make some gin on the side as well, um, homemade gin, and just live off the land. That would be my that every time I go to Hawke's Bay, staff, I just I want it to. I just want that to be my life. So that's my dream. 
if anyone wants to fund it, 0800, uh, <laughs> get in touch. Sam, sit back and listen. Today's Bailey's Property of the Week. <laughs> this is it's uh, electric. It's it's almost even the news booth is excited about it. <laughs> three point three hectares of rocket apples and a further four point one hectares of Jugala apples, which are growing in production. Oh my gosh! Now the next question is where. Close to Taradale and Napier, with a central sealed driveway off Korokipo Road that leads to a recently renovated three-bedroom home. Not too ostentatious for you, Sam. Mm. Just perfect three-bedroom home. Please be within my price range. Large master bedroom ensuite attached to three-car garage. You're right on mark and go in there, Sam. There's a large four-bay lockable implement shed with a lean-to office, full services. All your, all your lawn equipment can go in there. Uh, it's got... Fertile river soil type suitable for most intensive horticulture uses. A reliable, consented water source. And here's the. This is again. It's almost written for you. Many are choosing to relocate to Hawke's Bay and join the move to the horticultural sector with its many options for land use, including lucrative leasing options for those wishing to simply enjoy the lifestyle that the bay and the surrounding environs offer. These apples in the orchard are perfect. Partnership for cider making. Oh, no, no. I've actually made that. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I, like, I, I was sort of thinking as you were talking, like, oh, could I, t- could we sell the house? Could we? And then as soon as you said it, I was like, take out a million dollar loan. I don't care. I'll do whatever it takes. Give me the loan. So here's what you need to do uh, the Havelock North office. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously close to Havelock North. Oh, man. Uh, Johnny Pierce, Tony Rasmussen, couple of good roosters there. They are at the Havelock North office. I've actually got the map here, so I'm just going to expand the map, if I can, New Zealand, and just see, oh, it's next to a little little river. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Staff, it's just too much. It's too much for me. Waihiki. I'm not 100% sure where Waihiki is, but uh, that's the closest. I'm just screening out Fern Hill, Taradale. Uh... Oh, these have a lot north. So it's, can you still hear me through the mic even though I'm not talking in it? Because uh, I'm leaning forward to look at the map. It's sort of, yeah, it's between Napier, Hastings, sort of the triangle. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That's fine. Anywhere in that region is fine for me, Steph. And then um, you've got the winery concerts, you've got the beautiful oh. coastline, you've got the art deco. It's, you're going to go and have a serious conversation with Katie tonight. Now... Staff, we we do these we do this every week, don't we? Property of the week, um, Bailey's. Um, they surely we've earned some sort of discount. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Bailey's throw throw a man a bit of a bone here. Let's knock off a couple hundred k. You know oh, what I'm saying? Let's get it. That, let's get it sub one mil. I've and ju- I'm in. I've just clicked on the house photo. First thing I see: lines in the grass, freshly mown grass, it's freshly striped. And the lines fresh or oh, striped. Sorry, striped, freshly striped, Staff. Uh, a deck right around the house. Out the furniture, there's a barbecue there. There's Man, this this could be this is this almost is meant to be. Big I, kitchen, bay windows. There'll be a chat in the Hewitt household this evening. I assure you of that, Steph. And no no qualms moving the cat slash dog uh, <laughs> down to the Hawks Bay as well. Right. So here's the number you have to write. It's baileys.co.nz. Remember, it's B-A-Y-L-E-Y-S.co.nz. I can't wait for the feedback after you've talked to. Uh, the property number uh, property number is two eight five three zero eight six two eight five. 3086. And the headline is Early Young Well Located Premium Orchard. 
and there's photos of the apples on the trees waiting oh, for I your cider. I already have FOMO. I already have FOMO. Don't you dare interview people out there. Go and buy that up in the next three or four hours. Give me time to get home and have a chat and sort out the finances. Uh, Dave said I have to support the Bay and the Canes. Um, don't think that's going to happen, Steph. And Chris says Tasman's just like the Hawks Bay, so why not move to Tasman? A lot of offers coming in here, team. If we want to work some sort of financial deal out, all aboard on that. Um, if you can hook me up with a little bit of land, um, return on investment's going to be high. I will give you quality apple cider and because a little bit of gin on the side. Because you are anal about perfection. Like, if you ever get to your dream of making apple cider and gin, mm. it'll be exquisite. Exqu- and you've actually got well, a name like Hewitt Cider. It's got a little bit about it. Oh no, I've got I've already got the names for all my um oh, all, my, all my line of items. Uh, yeah, Cypress Gardens Cider because I first started it when I we lived on a little road off the side of the main road. It was called Cypress Gardens Court, so it's going to be Cypress Gardens Cider. And I've got the logo and everything all sorted in my head, Steph. And then uh, so you're going to have a sign at the end of this driveway that I'm looking at with Cypress Gardens. Yeah, with a little uh, little apple tree and the little apple. There's one apple hanging off one of the branches, and it's like gold foil, you know, they're like sort of gold foil. That's the logo. <laughs> uh, and then uh, for the whiskey and the gin uh, and whatever other spirits we're making, uh, West Road Brewery, given that we live on West Road now at Calcutt, West Road Brewery. And that sounds, you know, West Road. Mm. That sounds quite sort of whiskey-ish, doesn't it? Mm. Scottish. Old um, West Road, yeah. Old, old West Road. Old West Road. I don't mind that, actually. Yeah, you can take a cut. Um, you, funny about the perfection thing, though, because... I asked my friend the other day, you know I'm getting into golf a little bit here. I do. And um, taking lessons um, and trying to get better. And a friend of mine who plays golf with a bunch of mates will always tell me how he sort of, subconsciously, how he defines each mate's golf game. And so he'll say, oh, yeah, um, so-and-so, just in his head, just gets in his head and, uh, you know, once he hits a couple of bad chops, he's terrible. So-and-so, lots of power, zero accuracy. Sort of that. And so we went out together and I said, hey, Sammy, his name's Sam, I said, hey, Sammy, um, you know how you describe everyone's golf game to me? I was like, how would you describe mine? And he said, oh, like, already know straight away. And I was like, I think you'll like this, Steph. He said, like, knows everything about the technique, how what he wants to, just can't execute. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is going to your point about the cider. I'd know everything I want to do, Steph. I'd know exactly the flavour and everything. It's just whether or not it, it actually happens and it works. Oh, That's the big question mark. That's uh, the big question mark. Last bit of info for you. You've got two weeks. This tender, uh, this tender closes 30th. Four o'clock, the thirtieth, exactly fourteen days, Wednesday the thirtieth, and in brackets, Sam, this is for you, unless sold prior. Ah, uh, okay, okay, fourteen days. How long does it take to get a loan? I think make it happen. Make it happen. What do you reckon I could sell? No, no, I won't think about that. I won't think about that. Sell your cider recipe for? I was wondering if I could sell the lawn. Actually, <laughs> could you dig? Could you sell it in chunks? Your most valuable thing is your starter. Dog and it's your a lawn, lawn starter. Oh, there you go. Oh, amazing. We're going to have an update tomorrow with your conversation with Katie, please. All right, we'll have a break. On the other side, we're going to catch up with Stephanie Hightower. She's in New Zealand. She's a former US sprinter, hurdler, the whole shebang. Now an incredibly passionate human rights activist. She's here in New Zealand, part of the Women in Sport Conference, the international conference that's going on in New Zealand. Uh, Very 
very successful competitor and now very successful uh, woman in the field that she has chosen. Looking forward to chatting with her and Stephanie Hightower after the break. .NZ, Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We are joined today by a very excited guest. I can't wait to chat to Stephanie Hightower, a, a remarkable athlete in her own right, but has uh, probably set herself some lofty goals and she's been achieving, particularly in her hometown in Columbus, which is fantastic, but she's here as part of the International Women's Sports Conference. We have so many identities, so many influential women, which is just marvellous. Joins us on the phone now, Stephanie Hightower. Welcome in, Stephanie. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me on today. Um, gosh, I looked at your profile. Gosh, you've you've done so much and you've achieved so much. And then the one that stuck out to me uh, relating to this chat is you chair the World Athletics Gender Leadership Task Force. I like the sound of it. Tell us what you do. Well, you know, it is a privilege and an honor to be a part of a movement that was started back in 2017 by um, our uh, president, uh, Sebastian Coe, who was elected uh, president of World Athletics. And as a part of his agenda, he had gender leadership um, as one of his priorities to figure out how to get more women uh, engaged in leadership roles um, within World Athletics. So not only um, in administration, but in coaching, uh, and in um, uh, uh, officiating. And so I have had the privilege with um, about six other ladies, one of them being uh, Nanette, uh, Annette Purvis, who is from New Zealand, um, from Christchurch. She is one of my colleagues. We have had the ability to really start looking at our four-pillar agenda, which is about empowering women, which is about having measurable outcomes, uh, putting together uh, strong communications profiles, uh, uh, as well as uh, making sure that we create a pipeline for women in the sport. And we have targets that we're trying to reach by 2027 to have at least 50% of the leadership roles in world athletics uh, have women in those leadership roles. Which makes sense, right? Because about 50% of the competitors are women as well. That's right. One of the things, you know, we have been one of the, um, and really the first um, sport where we have uh, uh, equity and parity on the field as, and as it relates to prize money, but we didn't really have the leadership uh, and leadership roles. We didn't have that same parity. So our athletes um, are, and, and on the field of play, have been having that, that equity and parity, but we haven't done that in the administrative ranks. We yesterday on the show we had a seven-time world surfing champion Lane Beachley. If you get to have a little bit of an audience with her, if you haven't already, I strongly recommend it. Very inspiring woman, um, and I talked to her about the transition from athlete to the next steps in life. Now, you were remarkably successful on the track, and interestingly to me, your event was hurdles, and then post-career, you chose hurdles again, but this time societal hurdles, particularly gender and race. How did you transition from uh, high-performing athlete to the decision about what you wanted to do? Well, I had great role models, but I also um, studied at a university, The Ohio State University, 
where um, we were taught um, and we were really inspired to give back. And so when I started looking at the inequities that had existed in our sport in the United States as it relates to women um, in coaching and women having the opportunity, not having certain opportunities um, as far as prize money, uh, that was my motivation. And then from there, um, I then became uh, about 11 years ago a part of the social justice movement um, in our in our country uh, because those inequities and disparities for black and brown people were still existing. And so this gives me, I just have the privilege of being able to not only look at, you know, gender inequities, but also those disparities and inequities that exist for a population in the United States. And it's all the same. It's how do we educate people, right, to really um, look at inclusion um, and understand the power of diversity uh, and being able to create opportunities for everyone to be uh, engaged. I'm a firm believer that we all win when everybody wins. And so that's what we're trying to do here at this conference is to inspire women to understand that if and our male allies, that if women win, everybody wins. Amen to that, Stephanie. Amen to that. That's um, <laughs> What are you going to be involved in the conference? Are you an educator? Are you a learner? Are you a sharer? Are you a taker? What What do you want to get out of these few days in New Zealand? I'm doing all the above. This is an amazing conference. Amazing women. Um, being I'm 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 learning. I'm being inspired. I'm looking at ways that we can take um, learned experiences here and best practices and figure out how we incorporate them in world athletics. And then I will be presenting a little bit uh, later this morning and talking about the work that we've been doing in world athletics for uh, since 2017 and how we have made great and tremendous strides um, and what our, 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 our um, recommendations have been and quotas will look like so that um, hopefully by 2027, we will have 50% women representation. And hopefully our message and what we're sharing today will inspire other member federations and industry leaders to want to aspire to do the same thing in their sport. Talking to Stephanie Hightower, wonderful woman in the world of sport and equality. Two last questions for you, Stephanie. I'll tell you what they both are, but we'll do one at a time. First question. Give me a real-life example of a successful program or a, a successful outcome you've done in the past. So one of our successful programs is we have put together um, a series um, during COVID in particular of uh, online seminars and trainings on personal development for women who are aspiring to be in leadership roles in world athletics. And um, we have had tremendous participation during COVID um, where we built out a curriculum and um, we have guest speakers um, that come on board. And, you know, we can have anywhere from three to 400 women from across the globe that participate on these online sem seminars. And it's just, it empowers women um, to know that they can do it. So there's a professional side and then there's a personal side. We also have modulars where um, women can go on and they can do um, self, um, that, that they can go on and individually go through these modulars 
and they can learn about um, how uh, they can be better educators or better um, administrators or how they can then improve and build uh, their uh, their confidence to be able to go into administrative roles. And so, you know, while COVID was, you know, had us sidelined for a minute, it also gave us an opportunity to do uh, e-learning and take it to another level so that globally we could keep women engaged and motivated um, to move to the next. Wonderful. And final question. You probably know what it was, but I'll phrase it like this. If I was to call you this time next year, Stephanie Hightower, what would be your next uh, delivered success, something that makes you happy, something that makes you proud? What's on your burners that's about to happen? So I would, next year, if you ask me, my hope is that um, World Athletics would uh, agree to be a part of this uh, group in four years as a major sponsor um, that they would um, so that we can share our stories and we can uh, continue to empower women globally um, how um, to and teach them um, how gender equity uh, can be realized and here are some steps and activities and initiatives that can help you actually be successful and get there. Yeehaw! Stephanie Hightower, <laughs> I've loved talking to you. Uh, we're lucky to have you in New Zealand, the conference. Lucky to have you as a t- uh, participant. Um, speak your truth, preach your stories, and take some stuff away with you back home. Lovely to chat to you, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Now, that sounds like Justin Timberlake. Is JT, it? yep. I don't think I've heard the song, but I like it. You know, it came out um, sort of, I think, maybe five or so years ago, but it was all that music that was post is it humorously released? Posthumously. 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 Humorously released. Um, yeah, from Michael Jackson, apparently in a big vault or something, and they're just tracks that JT got to work with and real funky. Yeah, it's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so I'm desperate to know, have you sent a text message to your wife saying, Katie, tonight I've we sent, need to talk? No, no, I've sent a link to myself to remind oh. myself to bring it up. But actually, my um, my excitement, joy, happiness, etc. staff has just been absolutely dashed because I've committed uh, a crime that many a male will know. Mm. Um and be familiar with and I would argue is probably perhaps up there with one of the most heartbreaking things a man or woman can do and that's I've snapped one of the legs on my jandals oh yeah I snapped one of the little arms off do you know there's an official term is there blowing out your jandal I've I've completely blown it out out. and I'll tell you what's really annoying you know sometimes it just pops out of the, the front one pops out yeah. of the hole and you just a bread bread, keeper, bread, bread yeah. uh, clip, uh, clip or whatever or you can tape or you can figure it out 
what's happened here is I've like rolled over it with the office chair and it's just snapped one of the legs, one, one of the arms. And I just don't know what to do, Steph, because I've got a long walk back to the bus and then I've got a big bus ride and then, you know, I've got to walk from the bus stop to my car and that's almost irreparable. It's a, it is and irreparable. And I can't walk around in bare feet, can I? You're going to have to. I don't want to be one of those guys. You're going to be one of those guys today. It's called earthing. Freddie Fittler does it with the Origin team. Bare feet. Yeah, but he doesn't do it like in a supermarket, does he? <laughs> you you know? in a supermarket as well. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, we're, I don't know where my travels are going to take me, but I'll see if I can. I might be able to do some sort of tape job here or some sort of staple. Staple? Oh, it's going to be hard. But Bradley Bacon will have something. A glue oh, gun or true. something. Nah, Bacon might have some soup. You hold the show, Steph. Are you going to leave? No, you're not going to leave. Because... It's funny you said that. When you started with, I've got a confession, right? You know I'm a big Twitter user. Um, there's an account on there called Fess Hole, and it's where you fess up. It's like this black hole where you fess up, you give confessions, and they've got a link, and you make a confession, <clears throat> and then they post it on their Twitter handle uh, anonymously, and people write some funny things, some funny things. Like, for example... Um, there's some funny ones. There's some I can't read mm-hmm. um, about swingers parties and stuff like sure. that. But someone took it upon themselves to confess to this. When I was younger, I deliberately swallowed a 5p coin just to see how long it would take to travel through my body. Hearing it ching against the toilet basin was utter fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> my wife wanted to have a second child. I wanted a bigger house first. I dragged things out for two years. Child two was born nine months, almost to the day after we moved into that bigger house. It's the most successful plan I've ever executed in my marriage, and my wife has no idea I had that plan. Brilliant. Another one I'll share with you. I race my kettle against the microwave. Enough water in the kettle for three mugs of coffee, three minutes in the microwave for porridge. It's a thrilling event. On a daily basis, the kettle usually wins with barely a second to spare. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's quite funny. That um, yeah, that reminds me of um, a very funny comment I remember seeing on Facebook, and I screenshotted it, and I, I won't be able to find it on the fly for you. But it was basically like um, I saw an ant. I think I might have seen told you this before. Um, I saw an ant on my kitchen bench the other day. Um, walk up to a sugar cube and obviously lick it and discover it. Um, Oh, no, I think he said I put a sugar cube out so that the ant would go up and lick it and find it. And then when it went away, he took the sugar cube away so that when the, the ant came back with all his friends and family, they'd all think he was a liar. <laughs> oh, that's an antastrophe. Oh, oh, it's antagonistic. That's what it is. Yeah, someone's told you to put the bread, bread seal on, but no, it's the side arm, not the front toe bit. Yeah, one of the, one of the arms. And it snapped, Graham. Snap clean. Appreciate your um, concern. Uh, so, uh, Dave texted in and said the chase is bigger than the Grammys. That's true, actually. It is true. You're talking about the SNZ chase as well, by the, the way. SNZ chase, yeah. Uh, hey, boys, read the Grammys. I hope that's sarcasm. I can't quite pick that up on my tinny tra- It was, mate. It's the most pointless and awards show there is. Case in point, when Metallica made their huge album in the 90s, the Black Album, Enter Sandman, I hear you, they lost out the metal category to folk rock merchants Jethro Tull. Enough said. Mikey G, I'm... You're in the house. And we probably should clarify, Steph, that the Grammys aren't actually today. It was the nominations today. Um, the Grammys, I think, are in January or February next year or something. Yeah, so. the reason we did that was a bit of a send-off for B-Man who's out in the office and he's just, surely you're covering the Grammys today, guys. And we're like, sports show? Nah, not really. He goes, come on, guys. And so we did that. Is he still out there, is he? He's still there. Ah, that's a big shift from him. Yeah, two, he's been here all day. Yeah, it's 2.40, he's still here. Jeepers, yeah, he, that early, yeah. Gosh. He, he'll charge him for overtime.
Oh, naturally. Over time. Um, uh, <laughs> he's actually listening. That's an unusual thing too. Uh, Sammy Tasman's like the Hawks Bay. Speaking of brewery, this is from Rory. Speaking of brewery, I dated a one-legged girl once who worked at a brewery. She was in charge of the hops. <laughs> um, some other text messages have come in recently. Where's the um, boys, the cherry ripe and Turkish delight, weirdly enough, go great together at the same time. I'm prepared to take that on. I'm prepared to take that challenge on. And uh, Kane's asked where I'm at with Peaky Blinders. I did commit to start watching that. Um, I haven't watched any for about two weeks, but that is not an indication I've given up. That's an indication I've been immersed in the T20 cricket, uh, the Women's World Cup, the Rugby League. But after this weekend, from Monday, or probably Sunday night actually, Peaky Blinders starts again in my house. So I think I'm up to either episode five or six, season one. Good story, um, but I'll be climbing into it. Peaky Blinders fans, I haven't given up. I actually quite liked it. You know, I just haven't had the time to um, to get into it. Okay, we're 2.40. We're 2.40 and a half. That's time for the chase. 0800 150 811 if you want to play the chase. And Sam's just busted his headphones to, to match. He's literally just... He's literally just not only blown his jandal, he's blown the headphones too. Only one is attached. You're having an absolute mere. Stay away from me. I don't want to break anything. 0800 150. If you want to play the chase, we'll do that after the break. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Chase time. We've got Bradley Walsh and we've got B-Man, the Grammys fan, uh, is paneloping for this one. Uh, Sammy, lots of calls again. Who won on when you spun calls, the wheel? A lot of calls. Um, still recovering from a jandal break as well. I think we've got Lammy calling Lammy. in from Palmy, your area, uh, your neck of the woods. Staff, Lammy, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. How are you going, Staff? How are you going, Sammy? Good yeah. to be on your show, finally. Oh, good to hear from you, Lammy. Great to hear from you down in Palmy. <laughs> no. Yeah, no worries, mate. Righto, you know how this works. Yep, we've got 60 yep. seconds we're going to put on the timer, mate. We just need you to give us a selection of set A or set B on the questions. Okay, I'll go for set B. Set B, interesting choice. I'm going to say a fine choice today. You've, you've selected well, Lammy, so we're going to put 60 seconds uh, on our little timer here, and I'll rip through as many as I can. If you don't know, you just pass okay. and we will move on, okay? Okay, yep. your, okay time, let's go. your time will start in three, two. One. Who was the top try scorer at the Women's Rugby World Cup? Uh, a Wooden. Correct. Jack Wyden plays for which NRL side? Canberra. Correct. Who won the first ever FIFA World Cup? Uh, Brazil. Uruguay. Which New Zealander was included oh. in the T20 World Cup team of the tournament? Um, oh, Phillips. Uh, Phil- Phillips. Correct. Uh, Green yeah. Phillips. Which Spaniard is currently number one on the men's tennis rankings? Uh, Carlos uh, uh, Alcaraz. Alcaraz, yep. The Philadelphia Eagles suffered their first loss of the NFL season yesterday. To which team? Uh, the Commandos. Correct. Name one of the two co-captains for the Black Ferns at the World Cup. Uh, yep. Uh, Racine McGregor just won the Women's Rugby League Golden Boot. Which NRLW side does she play for? Uh, Sydney Roosters. Correct. Who is currently top of the NBA standings? Uh, Celtic. Correct. The original six is a term used in which North American sport? 
Oh, doctor. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lammy, what a performance, son! <laughs> You went on an absolute oh. tear. Um, ice hockey is uh, is where the original six oh. is used. Amazing. But you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Staff. Eight. Well, just the one, or I just thought, the two I wrong. I thought I'd get one. Oh, mate, you Brian, have, you have in the truest sense of the word, crushed it, my friend. So we're going to put 60 seconds yeah. on the clock for your chaser today, which is Mark Stafford looking to redeem himself after his <laughs> inaugural loss, his first ever loss um, on the oh. chase. We'll see if, if you, he can go 0 for 2 in two weeks, uh, Lammy. So <laughs> stay on the line. Jeez. We've got our, okay. uh, our secondary clock ready to go, and we will start that staff in three Two, one. Who won the very first Women's Rugby World Cup in 1991? USA. Correct. Jaden Sewer plays for which NRL side? Uh, the Dragons. Correct. The player with the most FIFA World Cup goals in history comes from which country? Oh. Germany. Correct. Which player scored the most runs at this year's T20 World Cup? Coley. Correct. Which NBA team plays at the TD Garden? Celtics. The bucket, correct. The Buccaneers and Seahawks played their NFL game in which German city over the weekend? Munich. Correct. Who has the most international rugby caps for England? Is it Ben Youngs? Correct. Who scored the mo- most points in the NRL this season? Val Holmes. Correct. When was the last time Brazil won the FIFA World Cup? 2002. Lammy, mate, that is a titan chase right there. Mark Stafford, who ripped through eight questions in about 30 seconds. He probably was going for 16. Um, Valiant effort from the both of you. Oh, Lammy. Palmy versus Palmy. Uh, I yeah. want to go first equal there. Like, that was unbelievable. Lammy, you got to try. Yeah. you got to call back again sometime, mate. Your knowledge oh, was okay. fantastic. Yeah, oh. Oh, cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. I just, uh, it's just, I thought I would only get one. Oh, so, right. eight is all year. No, so, you're amazing. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. No, you're amazing. You're amazing, Stephen. Thank you. Cheers, cheers buddy. Levy for Palmy. Yeah, I'm going to fess up. Germany goal scorer was a guess. Um, oh, he! I just he did very, very well. He, he only really got one wrong, and that was the um, Uruguay because yeah, he sort of I knew the last question one, came he, in late. He got a couple I didn't know, but you really did rip through yours. You were very quick. You were very quick. So, that, except for the last one, I I didn't know how much longer I had, and I was just doing maths. I, I just thought I think it's ages, and I was just doing maths when the World Cup. I'm going to ask you the Brazil. next question: To the nearest one thousand, how many ODI runs has Martin Guptill scored? Martin Guptill, oh god! Now it's not fair because I looked at that yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's about. He's just over seven thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah 7, I was looking at it when I was comparing his averages and stuff with, um, with um, Finn Allen. So that's probably. I, I, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that. Man, yeah, that was just that was a chase. Out. When he got eight, I thought I was cooked. It was a good distraction from a broken jandals. Yeah, um, but yeah. Now the sorrow returns. Yeah, good text here, which I'm just going to finish off. Uh, Dave, he went out with a girl from the zoo last night. Went on a date with a girl from the zoo last night. He thinks she's a keeper. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris just said he's done the best I've ever heard. I don't know if many people have have got eight. I think we've had a couple of eights in the past. I think six beat me last week. Was it six or even five? I'm always exhausted at that. Use a stapler, Sam, on your jandals. There's a bit of advice from Dave. Good advice. Um, (laughs) Can't read that. Um, 
Yes, that's good. Good times. Uh, the run home, they'll be warming up for four to seven, but don't forget three to four. It's the great running it straight with Sammy and Kempe. And boy, oh boy, stay around and listen. They've got the English great Gary Schofield. He is joining the show today. And a lot of people's favourite all-time warriors is joining the show. Ali Lawatiti will be on running it straight between three and four. Alongside our Kempe and our Sammy, league fans, sports fans, listen to that, uh, three till four. And then running it straight with Kirst and Beef. We'll come back and we'll have a look back in the day after our final break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Let's have a look. Back in the day, November 16 in 1957, Bill Russell of the Boston Celtics... 32 rebounds in one half in a home victory over Philadelphia. He finished with 49 rebounds. Unbelievable scenes. In 1981, a very, very famous cricket confrontation took place between Dennis Lilly and Javid Meandat. Javid Meandat, hello. My goodness. Well, this is absolutely disgraceful. It really is absolutely stupid. I cannot understand. Lily actually asked for that. He encroached upon Javid Meandad's line, and we very nearly had ourselves a fight on the ground. Yeah, Dennis Lily, he deliberately impeded and aimed a kick at Javid Meandad, and uh, then Meandad threatened to hit Dennis Lily with his bat before uh, Tony Crafter, he intervened. And Lily was suspended for two one-dayers. Uh, birthdays today, Andy Dalton, happy birthday to you. Also to Waki Eunice, we all know who he is. Buff, Brendan Laney, former Scottish international and a Highlander, great man. His birthday today. And one of the greats, former British footballer, Paul Scholes. That's past Toure, but not past Zambrotta. Given straight to Paul Scholes! What about that? What about that? 14 minutes gone. Manchester United, an unstoppable shot from Paul Scholes. Absolutely one of the greats. And Lachlan Boshia turns 28 today. He should be lacing them up for England this weekend, but we lost them. On this day in 1985, the number one movie was Once Bitten and the number one song... We built this city. Yes, we did. This city. There was your number one song, Running It Straight. Remember, Gary Schofield, Ali Lawatiti, Sammy Kempe, Running It Straight, next. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.